Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Number 20, Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 20. I hope that this is going to be a great, uh, a great blessing to you as we read this and go through this together. We have many different needs in our church, but there is no need any greater in our church than the need to have the Word of God in your heart. I hope that when it comes time for me to leave and go home to be with the Lord, that I hope that I can look back and say, that I gave the church the Word of God. I preached the Word of the Lord. What does the Bible say in verse number 20? It says, Which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and set Him, this is speaking of Christ, and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet. That preached right there. He's put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And that is the end of chapter number one of the book of Ephesians. I said this morning down at the river that I love the book of Ephesians. And I want to repeat that statement again because if you, you lose your way as a child of God, and oftentimes God's people do, they forget who they are. They get deadened, desensitized to who Christ is. And they forget who they are, where they have been, and where Christ is leading. And then we need a reminder somewhere in our life just who Jesus is. Well, that's what the book of Ephesians is for. It reminds us of who Christ is and what we are. And we also are reminded of what we get when we get saved. I'd like to say to, the, to you as a church this morning that uh, I thank God for what I have received as being a child of the living God today. I'm going to show you a few things that you receive uh, because you are abiding in Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to preach on this morning is abiding in Jesus Christ. Verse number 20 is a... Very, very good focal point, I believe, for our thought for today's message. Because we see something that has actually happened in the life of the Savior before it can happen to us. And so many of the blessings of God that we have of the promises of God in the Bible come by and through the act of Christ at Calvary and then Him getting up out of the grave. How can we abide in Christ unless we're saved? We can't. You've got to be saved first. And I'd like to say this morning that I am thankful 
to have gone to the river and baptized. I am thankful to be saved. I'm thankful for what God has done in my life, saving me and making me a child of the living God today. And I abide in Him. And I ask you that question. Are you abiding in Christ this morning? Are you living in Him? That's what the Bible is saying. And He said that He is wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. This is where I want to try to show you some great gifts from the Bible this morning. And He set Him, speaking of Christ, at His own right hand in heavenly places or in the heavenly places. We abide in Christ only because of one thing, and that is because He got up out of the grave. I don't ever want to get into the place in my life where I lose sight, I lose sense of feeling of the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, let's think about it. Jesus Christ literally got up out of the grave. He was dead, but now He's alive. He was at Calvary. They, there they, they, they beat him. They mocked him. They scourged him. But there he gave his life and he died physically for you and I today. But because he, because he died, there was a resurrection morning for Jesus and he got up out of the grave that third day. And so because Christ rose again, you and I can abide in Jesus Christ. Let me say something today that I see about Christ's resurrection and why we're abiding in Him. The Bible says in this verse that we began reading it in verse 20, that He is now set down or set Him at the right hand of God in heavenly places. Let me say something right quick. Physically, there is a man, Christ Jesus, in heaven. When he went away, he left in a physical body of bone and flesh. But listen, uh, he left in a body that was, that, listen, that was perfect. Yeah. He left and entered into the heavenlies. And he knows, what, he knows what I feel and understands what you feel in all of our lives. And I thank God for that. But we have to deal with the physical oftentimes in our life before we can get to the spiritual uh, where we stand in God spiritually today. And somehow, I just draw strength and comfort in knowing that Jesus is physically in heaven. But He's not just physically wandering around in heaven. The Bible says that He is set down at the right hand of God. I love that fact this morning that our Savior is not just uh, in a place positionally in heaven, uh, just going here and there, but positionally, He is in a position to make intercession for me and for you. He's we can abide, and He's abiding in us because of who He is and what, what power that He has, not only in our lives, but over all the world. Our Savior is an amazing man today. Sometimes I like to just take my Bible and sit and read just little phrases or just a word about the Savior and draw strength from that and see Jesus working in that. But the Bible says that He is raised from the dead and now He is presently set down at the right hand of God in heavenly places. A lot of people think today that Jesus is uh, he's just uh, like this, this simple made man. Listen, he's more than a simple made man. 
He is the Son of God, and He is now sitting in heavenly places physically. And before we can be touched in any way spiritually, there has to be a physical body first. I believe this morning that you and I could all agree that our bodies give us trouble day in and day out. I mean, we got two people here today in wheelchairs. Thank God. They're in church. We've got some of you that this week's going to be going uh, to the hospitals and you're going to be visiting your doctors trying to find help uh, physically for what you're going through and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But listen, I said some Sunday back, some Sundays back rather that uh, that the spiritual side of things can help the physical in our life. And I love the fact that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father and today he's got a ministry that is so unique and that it's so good as he's now working in my life, in your life, abiding in him through the spiritual helping us physically. Think about that. Jesus at the right hand of God and Today, what does that look like for the child of God? Well, it may look a little like this. You get up tomorrow, maybe before the close of this day, and you have a problem and you say, God, I cannot help where I'm at or what I'm facing, and I need your help. Well, because you're a child of God, you call on Jesus Christ. And by faith in prayer, you've lifted that need up to God. And because He's making intercession for you, he's, we're abiding in Him and He in us. Uh, the Holy Spirit reveals to the, to, to the Son and says, This is your child, and I'm just going to put a name. Stephen is calling on you. And when Stephen's prayer goes up there before God, and I love this about God today, uh, the Savior is sitting on the right hand of the Heavenly Father, which is God, uh, God, God the Father, then God the Son sitting together. And then when that, that prayer goes up, that prayer is revealed to Jesus, and Jesus says to the Heavenly Father and says, Stephen is mine, dear Father. He's got a need today, whatever that need may be. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's all spiritual, maybe it's financial, whatever it is. And he looks over and he says, God, this one is mine. And God says to the son and says, because he's yours, give him what he needs. Give him what he needs. And that's what, in essence, abiding in Jesus is. He sees our need and we pray. And can I ask you this morning, has there ever been a physical need or a spiritual need that you've ever had in life but what the Son of God could not meet? We abide uh, in Him because He lives today. And because He lives, you and I can sing and rejoice. We can praise God and we can get up and go through life day in and day out because He abides in, in us. Now let me show you some things that Christ, Christ has because He's sitting in heavenly places. In verse number 21, the Bible says that He's far above all principality. That means in, the, in, the, in all spiritual things, in all social settings, in all physical settings, it does not matter. He is above that. Why is the world being turned upside down in chaos today when we've got a Father in heaven who's above everything? 
And some of you are this close to receiving some of the greatest gifts and blessings of God in your life uh, if you could just see who Christ really is and the power that He has over all things. We abide in Christ because He's above all principality and notice this, and above all power. I read the other day where that the United Nations and all the people of the world, the leaders of the world had gotten together. All these men and women that have power in nations to make decisions that trickle down to whatever nation, then eventually to us that changes everything in, in the grand scheme of things of their minds in the world. But this verse says that God, our Savior, is over all principality and all power. So why do we fret? I love Psalms 37. Fret not thyself of evil evildoers, neither be thou envious of their ways. Why do we worry? Why do we, why do we uh, walk with a, a downcast spirit knowing that we're abiding in Christ and He has power over all principalities and everything uh, government-wise, uh, physical-wise. It does not matter how you add it up. He's over all of that. Now notice the next thing that Christ is over. He says that He's over uh, with might and He has dominion in every name that is named. Today the great, named in uh, the great name that's named in politics is Trump. They keep saying that name over and over and over again. And I want to tell you something today. He's just a man. He is just a man and everybody... Everybody prior and everybody that's coming after are just people, but not so with the child of God. And today, I abide in that in the Savior, in that name, Jesus Christ. And those of you that's just recently been saved, I want you to know who you are. You are a child of God, and there's nothing that the devil can do about it. We abide in Christ. And when we abide in Him, we have to realize that He's over everything. And if He's over everything, He's over me. And He's over you in your, in your life. And the Bible says, In every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. What a, what a statement to be made about Jesus. To know that He's over everything. And I know Him, and better than that, He knows me. I am a child of God here this morning. Now these verses prior that we have read, I said that the book of Ephesians is a book about uh, showing us who we are and who the Savior is. But this verse, these verses in this chapter also deal with uh, words of truth over sin in our life. Aren't you amazed that when you read the Bible, and the Bible uh, verses that we read that call out particular sins, let's just... Use one by example. Let's say adultery. We know by definition that that word adultery is an inappropriate sexual relationship with somebody who does not belong to you. Amen. We use that word and oftentimes as Christians we use it dogmatically as a word to bring someone down. But when you read your Bible, the Savior deals with those words, or even the writers, the apostles, uh, the disciples of the Lord, and even 
uh, in the Old Testament, they would use that word uh, of sin and it would be spoken about, but you would never be led. Now think about this. In your thought processes to go on to the next level of committing that. Now think with me. The Holy Spirit has seen fit in writing the Word of God that when we talk about our sin or things that we have done, whether it be lying, uh, stealing, whatever it is, they'll call the sin out in the Word of God, but but the Spirit never leads you to go the next step or go further with that. It just calls it out and says, here it is. Now you've got a choice to make. I'm going to tell you something about our Savior. He's never going to lead you down the wrong path. He will never lead you in your thoughts away from the truth. He'll lead you to your sin now and show you where you stand and the simplicity of what that sin is. And then he's going to show you another doorway, another another pathway to get away from that sin. And that's what God did through Moses in the Old Testament. He showed them through uh, the writing of those commandments, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them down and showed them, Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. But he never leads them. Shows them where it's at and never shows them that they could fall off that cliff. And he says, come back. Come to me. Somehow it's just so securing to me as a Christian to know that when I fail and when I make mistakes because I abide in him, because he got up out of the grave, because I abide in him, that he gives me forgiveness. I mean, what kind of Savior would he be to show us all of our sin all of the time and never let us enjoy the fellowship and the peace of forgiveness through Jesus Christ? He sits positionally at the right hand of God today. And you and I have the blessed opportunity to get up every single morning and decide whether or not we're going to follow Him or whether or not we're going to go our way. I found it to be very very beneficial for me as a Christian and as a child of God to take just a few moments, a few minutes in the beginning of my hectic and busy day. Believe it or not, I love to get up early in the morning and watch the sun get up. I love to see the day start. But it's during those times, usually between 6.30, 7 o'clock, before my phone starts to ring, and yours does too, that we have time to see and listen to the Savior in our lives. How much time do you spend, a time of refreshing, so to speak, in your life where you just be still? And you listen for the voice of God. And this is what I want to encourage you to do as you abide in Christ this week. Be still and listen to God working in your life. It seems like that at times that the Heavenly Father is a thousand miles away. But really he's as close as a prayer. We just be still. And listen to the voice of God. And I want to remind you, when you pray, realize that He's above all principality now. He's above all power. You're going to get a phone call perhaps soon that says, so-and-so has passed away. Well, how's the child of God to act? 
If God is over all things, we shouldn't crumble. We shouldn't fall all to pieces. We should see God. Well, if God, if you're in my life and you're really working and I'm abiding in you, you should be able to look and see ahead and say, there's another day coming. And God, I'm just going to trust you until we get there. You may get a phone call like I get oftentimes. So-and-so has been given that dreaded word of cancer. And as a preacher, what will I do if that's one of the people of our congregation? Well, I can't fall all to pieces. We must know that God is over all principality and over, has all power over all things. And say, Lord, I don't understand why you're letting this precious saint, this child, walk down this pathway and feel this anguish and pain. I don't understand it, but God, let me have faith enough to see. That's what abiding in Christ looks like. And then somebody may get the awful news that a husband or wife may not be faithful. And in those moments in time in, in that, that happen in people's lives, somebody said, Preacher, you mean that happens? Yes, it does happen. And it's going to be happening as long as time lasts. Brother Henry, Henry I'm going to tell you why. Because we're human beings. Humans are imperfect people. And, and, and how you handle yourself during that situation may just be how that the blessings of God are going to be allowed to either flow in your life or be turned away. Can I say something this morning? That I believe that God expects every one of His children to handle His or herself in a specific manner, no matter what comes our way. Children of the living God should never look at life as having no hope. Let's take just a minute to think about Job. Job was in the worst position that any man could ever be in. Lost all of his children, ten to be exact. All of his possessions. Listen to me. I want to help somebody here today. I want you to know who you are as a child of God. He lost his children. He lost his possessions. He lost the confidence of his wife. She no longer believed in who he was. And at the end, Job lost something that's far more valuable than his possessions. He lost his reputation. I read something a few weeks ago that I just cannot get out of my mind. Curtis Hudson is in heaven now, but he wrote several books, pastored a great big church down in Atlanta, and he was talking about wanting God to use him. And wanting God's power in his ministry. And he says, God, if it means you taking people out of my life or me losing my reputation just so that you get honor, Lord, I'm willing to walk down that pathway. And I don't know that I'm there. And you think about that. Losing everything so that Christ can be edified. Mm. I'm not saying that that's what has to happen no. But Job went through that and at the end he lost his reputation. He didn't have anybody that would even look to him. And in fact, the three men that were his so-called friends were saying, Job, you've got hidden sin somewhere. And all the while, there was only one person that knew the truth. And that was God himself. 
when we abide in Christ, we can say like Job, though he slay me, yet I'm going to believe. Yet I'm going to believe. And I look in your eyes this morning, and, and I meant what I said a few Sundays ago, Brother Odell, I can tell by the look in most of your eyes when you get out of your car just about what kind of week you've had before you got to me. And some people come and they put on a front. They say, Preacher, will you pray? That's why we have got to abide in Christ and know who we are. Anybody take the look ahead of the next chapter, what's said in chapter Chapter number 2. I love this about the Holy Spirit. He says, there is therefore now, if you're abiding in Christ, the Apostle Paul wants you to know this, the Holy Spirit wants you to know this, the Savior wants you to know this, and I want you to know this. There is therefore now no, no, no condemnation. You're not in condemnation today. You're not under condemnation. And I love this. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. What does that mean? If you've been saved, you've been quickened. You've been, that word quickened means to be made alive. And you hath he quickened because you're not condemned. Romans chapter number 8, you're not condemned. But this morning in chapter number 2, he's quickened you. He's made you alive. And if you're truly living in Jesus Christ and abiding in Him, He's giving you even the thoughts that you need to succeed in life. I had a preacher tell me something here a while back that I, I cannot fathom a preacher saying this. I had talked to him about uh, some things that I'm inter interested in as a minister and things that I do just briefly with people. I don't have sessions or anything like that. Uh, but I, I'm very interested in counseling and helping people. And he said, well, I'll ne I'm not doing that. And I, I, it just kind of caught me off guard. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I, I'm not called to be, to be that type of person. But you know what I'm doing every single Sunday when I get up to preach? I'm putting the words of God in your mind and in your heart giving you the right thoughts, hopefully to think, to help you get through another week in your life. And in essence, I'm doing what the Savior does in the book of Revelation when he says, I counsel, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. So the Savior this morning is counseling every single one of us, including myself. I want to abide in Him. I want to live with Him. I want to think with Him. I want to eat at the Master's table. And because He got up out of the grave, I've been quickened by the power of God. And in closing this morning, let me say this. Let me show you just how great of a salvation it is. If I could just simply put it in a small word today. When our Savior was laying in that borrowed tomb, one day goes by, he lay a corpse. Two days go by, he lay a corpse. The third day, something happened. Something happened on that third day. Listen, and this is where it gets good for you and I. That third day, he got up, and it was through the power 
of his heavenly father that he got up, so says the word of God. Somehow or the other, God put the power of, of, of being raised to new life back into the body of the Savior. I want you to think with me the last time that you stood over a, over a loved one or somebody in a church, in a funeral home as they were dead. 100% gone. You stood over them and you looked at them and you realized I'm not going to talk to them again for a while. I'm not going to have them sit at my table. We're going to be apart. But when Jesus got up out of the grave, listen to me. The same power that touched the Son of God and got Him out of the grave is the same power that came to you on that dreadful day when you were lost and undone without God. He came and He spoke to you through the power of the Holy Spirit when you said, I believe for the first time you were quickened that moment and that same power that got the Savior up out of the grave is the same power that saved you. You got saved because of the power of God. And if you're a child of God here this morning and you know the Savior and He's sitting at the right hand of God today far above principality and power and dominion, you've got something. You have something today. I want to ask you this morning, maybe you're walking afar off and it's been a long time since you felt the power and the presence of God in your life. And you'd like to come forward today and pray that God would just help you and give you strength. Maybe you need to pray in repentance and say, Lord, I've sinned and I'm sorry. The quickest way to get back in fellowship with God is to say, Lord, I, I repent. I'm sorry. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega. Or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. It's 8.30 in time.